whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications at American University. And this is our first intermission episode. Every other week, we'll present an interview with someone from the theater who you might see on stage, backstage, or in the house to discuss an original cast album that they love. But in between those interviews, we'll have intermissions. Now, not to park the kimono too much, but each interview usually lasts about 60 to 90 minutes, and then I edit it down to between 45 and 60 minutes, which means that a lot of material is left out. Some of that material is cut out not because it isn't entertaining or theater-related, it just has nothing to do with the cast album we're discussing. And that is the case with today's intermission episode. In a few weeks, we'll release my interview with Evan Casey about the original Broadway cast recording of Les Miserables. During that interview, we veered into several tangents, two of which will be intermission episodes in this series. The first one we're releasing is a discussion about the time Evan met Mandy Patinkin while they were both working at the Kennedy Center. Two footnotes before you listen. At one point, I paraphrase a quote that I then misattribute to George S. Kaufman when it actually belongs to A.J. Liebling. My apologies to Mr. Liebling and his family. Second, Evan refers to Tony Award winner Patti Lapone during our conversation simply as Patti. This is because we discussed her earlier during our Les Mis conversation and not because Evan is the kind of actor that refers to stars by their first names like he knows them. So here's our first intermission episode with future guest Evan Casey. We join the conversation already in progress. I would like you to explain to me how in the world... So Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Originates the role of George Surratt in Sunny in the Park with George. Right. And does it for how many months? I don't know. No. He is then replaced. Do you know who replaced him? I don't. Robert Westenberg oh, replaced yes. him. Yes. And um, obviously Westenberg's in the cast. He's a soldier. And he then takes over as, as George. How? To me, they have unbelievably different voice types. They do have very different voice types, but it's a baritone role. Uh, the thing is, is actually, and I think Sondheim has said that he wrote it as, as, he, originally, as a baritone as a baritone, role. yeah. And... Only later, only after casting Mandy, did he discover that, like, Mandy has this very light top and, like, mm. sort of... And then I think he adjusted some things to allow Mandy to do more with that. But um, the, the music, in general, still sits very nicely in a baritone place. The part that I think is probably hardest to sing is the is the beautiful duet with the with the, with the mo- That's with the, the song specifically I think of. Because where it's just like, that so is light a... and floaty. All things are beautiful, mother. All trees, all towers, beautiful. That tower, beautiful, mother. See a perfect tree. Pretty isn't beautiful, mother. Pretty is what changes. What the eye arranges. is beautiful I'm changing you're changing I'll draw the snow before we fade but uh, the meat of the role sits very nicely uh, in a baritone place so uh, so it makes sense it, and actually I mean the the Mandy's voice, like like it or not, I mean, I, I I feel about Mandy's voice the same way that you just talked about Terrence Mann's voice. In that, his voice is if you if you just me, if you just measure like the quality of of the and the vocal construction of his voice, 
it's really not that great. Mm -hmm. But he's such a remarkable actor that yes. he brings so much to whatever he's singing. And and what he puts into the notes that he sings brings with it a quality that a better singer wouldn't necessarily yeah, I, have. I think he's a And he certainly has the chops to hit the notes, so that's not a problem. It, it's a sort of comparison to – there's a George S. Kaufman quote that I'm going to butcher here to, or twist to fit Manny Patinkin. But to me, he can act better than anyone who can sing better and he can sing better than anyone who can act better. Sure, I, I think he's – he, his and he's such a unique personality, obviously, and a unique. I mean, a voice like like no other in in theater. Um, well, I think that's part of it too. I think like and it's and very well trained. I mean, we'll say you're right. His voice doesn't have a lot of depth or 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 substance to it, maybe. But he's got the training to keep it rolling. I well, feel. I think and I think part of it is that you, again, you know. <laughs> Some people like it. Some people aren't that much of a fan. Certainly, people have mocked it since it's become. Oh, it's very parodable. But, yeah, but it's parodyable. But, but when he but when he sings, it's a sound that's all his own. Much like Colm Wilkinson's voice, much like um, you know uh, Barbara Streisand's voice. You know, you can you can argue whose voice you prefer best of all those people. But, um, but when they sing, you know what they're bringing as a character. To I remember seeing Patinkin on Letterman. As he would often do, which is one of the things I miss the most about David Letterman not being on TV, or when him, when Manny Patinkin and um, so Tony Randall would come in off the street, okay. you know, these and like pretend they were on their way to a rehearsal and right. they'd throw some sheet music in front of Paul Schaefer and he'd sing "Brother, Can You Spare a Dime" or something. He sang when Oscar and Steve came out. He sang "Beat Out That Rhythm on a Drum" from Carmen Jones. Okay, and if you've never heard it. It is it is the moment where you decide whether you're a Mandy Patinkin fan or not right. to me. Because he goes completely bananas during that song and starts screaming. Beat out old trouble and a drum. Beat out old trouble and a drum. Beat out old trouble and a drum. And kick his carcass off the door! Beat out that rhythm and a drum. Beat out that rhythm and a drum. Beat out that rhythm and a drum. And kick old trouble out the door. Kick him 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 out the door. And you're either on board for what he's selling or you're not. Right. And I remember watching this with my parents and me being totally with him and my parents just not being with it. Right. Like, this thinking this was the silliest. Mandy Patinkin, for the, for, uh, except for the fact that, you know, I was, as I said, we, we grew up in a somewhat musical household, the appreciation of musicals. I didn't really realize, uh, my introduction to Mandy Patinkin was Princess Bride. And so, yeah, me too. So I never even realized that he was a singer until. I didn't realize it wasn't Spanish. Oh, the first time I heard him sing was the cast recording for Secret Garden. Okay. Um, and then after that, I would have heard Sunday in the Park with George. And right. then I would have started to seek out his albums. and Because, I, I mean, I've heard all his recordings. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. a, I, am a, I am a big fan of his. Um, and, yeah, but he, he is a just unique. But I've always wondered that about him. And Westenberg, who to me, couldn't be. And, of course, they're both in Secret Garden. Yes, they are. Um, couldn't be any different. And Westenberg, I mean, took over. I think he did that role for almost as long as Patinkin did. He did it long enough that Hirschfeld drew a caricature of him as George. Oh, yeah. um, Westenberg's had a good career. He has had a – he is one of my – He's he, Judy Kuhn, the Queen, Long May She Reign, Terrence Mann, uh, these are people who I – I absolutely adore and would love to see. I've seen Ben Vereen live twice. I've seen Judd Hirsch live. I'll see the, the two of them do anything. Mm -hmm. And I saw them both in I'm Not Rappaport at Ford's. Um, I, I, th but those three music, the those are my three music theater sort of dream 
people, and I'd got to, privilege enough to see Judy Kuhn in Fun Home, and I, but I've never seen Terrence Mann or or Robert Westenberg live, and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. And I don't know that I'll ever get to see Westenberg live because he doesn't do a lot of Broadway. Not, not much, not as far as I know. I was hoping to get to see Terrence Mann and Pippin, but that never, that never right. came to fruition. Right. And I was also really hoping he'd win a Tony for Pippin, which didn't come to I was actually, uh, I was doing a show at the Kennedy Center in the Family Theater when Mandy and Patty, Mandy oh, were doing and their Patty concert? were doing their concert in the Eisenhower. And the, the Family Theater at the Kennedy Center shares agreement with the Eisenhower. So... I was always I saw Patty a couple times and look, Patty is is Broadway you know royalty. She's but, sort of Broadway incarnate, to right? Me. But yeah. I, I you know she's I know that people worship her and she's I certainly respect what she's done and on her career and she's fabulous. But I you know I don't need to yeah. meet her or get to know her or whatever. But Mandy, I was like, please dear God, let him walk by uh, at some point when I'm in the room. And it, well, it didn't happen. Really, didn't happen. And then there was one point in time when. I was just sort of walk. I was lingering for the sole purpose of hoping because I knew that Patty had come in, and I was like, I knew it was close to their half hour, and I was like, or or maybe even earlier, yeah, they had come warm up, and I was like, I I'm gonna just hang around and hope that Mandy walks by, and he, but not having any plan to say anything, right? Like, I don't know what am I gonna say. So, but he comes in and I see him, and he's you know bearded up in like his homeland look, yeah, mama lotion, um, set up, yeah. and. Uh, and he's just sort of he's just sort of like looking like he's like looking for a room like he's not quite sure where to go he's got like coffee in hand and uh, and I just sort of saw and I wanted to say what I wanted to say he wanted to, to, to say, say. <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to say was truly honestly that like how much because in my later years as I became because Sunday in the Park with George is now my my favorite musical mm-hmm. um, and became so midway through my college years um, and the impact that that had on me and his and his work and his Mm -hmm. role has had on me and how that formulated not just my career, but my life in a lot of ways. It had an emotional impact on me. But you don't have time to say that. Right. You don't have time to say any of that stuff. Right. So I, so I, so he comes in and I was just, and I just But said, all he said was. Well, what I said, I was, I was like, I was like, oh, uh, hi. Um, I was like, I just want to let you know, I, I, I really, I really admire your work. And, and he was like, oh, thank you. As he's like looking for, again, for like the bathroom or something. And then, and then in an effort to like sound, you know, like we are colleagues, I was like, I'm over here doing a, doing a show in the, in the family theater. And he's like, and he's like, ah, excellent, good. And I was like, so, you know, I'll, I'll see you around. And he's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. He, I mean, he was as polite as he could be, but he, he right. I'm sure he was like, what? Well, what? it's also the thing of, of getting that in a green room where I think you're really not. We ready were not for quite it. in the green room yet. Oh, okay. He was on his way again. Oh, so he you was were searching out. for something, which is also why I didn't want to like keep him hung up because I was right. like, you clearly want to be somewhere else other than with. You'd want to be there anyway, but you don't want to be with me. Right. So, it's so hard to know how to act in those moments. When I lived in L.A., I saw people I admired on a regular basis just having coffee twenty feet away yeah. from me, and knowing when. There's also that moment of knowing when. Like, oh, it. it's worth it. I'm going to go say something to this person because Man. I have to. I just yeah. absolutely have to. And I just hope that they don't run screaming from the room. Because yeah. I think that interaction with that, that's a win. That That's a win for you. That happened similarly, Kennedy Center, in the show a few, a few years earlier. I was walking to Georgetown. That was the same time as the Kennedy Center Honors. And I walked past over the little bridge that leads down the waterfront uh-huh. on the other side was Paul McCartney walking with like a couple people. I would have passed out. And I was like, and I got like <laughs> 10 steps past. And I was like, I shouldn't interrupt him. And then I was like, 
what, what am I talking about? Of course I'm gonna interrupt him. So I so I so I go up to him and I was just like Oh my god. And I just said, I just I'm sorry, I just I can't I have to I don't mean to interrupt you as I but I just have to tell you just what how much I admire everything that you've done and I'm and what a tremendous fan I am of your work. I said, and if I did not stop you to say this, I would just, I would shoot myself. And he just goes, he just goes, oh no, don't shoot yourself. And I was like, oh, well, and then he's like, oh, and I, and I reached out my hand to shake his hand and he, and he fist bumps me, which I, oh, wow. I, I think is a cool thing. No, that's awesome. I, I guess that's a win. You got a fist bump from, uh, from, from Paul, Paul McCartney. McCartney. So, you, you can know. take that to the, yeah. take that to the bank. Yeah. I'm blanking on any great stories I have for people I've run into. I've met a lot of famous people in this, like just sort of in the melee. Right. Um, but I will say that the one time I did something like that was, again, when I was living in L.A., I was living in, if you know L.A., I was living in Park La Brea, which is near the Grove. And that's where I would see, and the farmer's market, where I'd see most of the people I'd see. And I'm also very good at recognizing people. Yes, it's just it's sure. something I'm, I'm, I'm better at than the average, the average bear. And I was walking back to my apartment with uh, takeout food from Maggiano's. I'm never going to forget this. Listening to a podcast as I'm walking with bags of food in each hand. And coming towards me is Austin Titchener from the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Okay. And the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast also, and also other, which I was a fan of. And he was walking with his family towards me. And I remember recognizing him and not having any time right. to do anything. And my hands are full and I've got earbuds in and it's playing. And I pointed at him. All I did was point at him and I said, you are the man. And I kept walking. <laughs> I said his name. I think I said his name to recognize like, that I'm not just a crazy guy. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, because the funny thing about where I lived was that there's the Grove, which is a super swanky shopping center. There's Park Brea, which is a gated apartment complex community. But then in between is a Ross and a Kmart and this little alleyway that we'd all have to walk through to right. get between the two, which is the worst street in the world. I mean, it's just, it's a scary little street. And so I remember thinking like, this is, I'm going to be loud because I have these earbuds in. So what I just put, right. then he later put on Twitter that it like, he was on his way to his birthday dinner and his kids thought it was amazing. Because the well, kids were like good. high school age. Like True. they weren't little kids. I would never have done that with little kids. I would right. have just given them like a doff of my cap. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it, it's impossible to know to these people and, and you know, Austin Tetra, I really like his work. He, he didn't change my life or anything. Right. And if I, I have to say that Manny Patinkin is one of those people where I would just say, screw it and probably do the same thing you, and then also do the same thing you did where you try to act like I'm well, not like, what you want, I'm not from out of town. What you, know? you want is, a is, a, is, is an intimate, true moment that you want them to remember right like you, like you want to be the one fan who went beyond the norm of like you know oh i love you and you're great and i like this you don't want to be part of that like amoebus blob of random you want to be like oh this guy said something that really impacted me right but you're like grasping at what you can possibly say in the short amount of time that you will inevitably get with this person yeah you're not at like a sit down dinner you've got like five seconds before they you know run off to do what they need to be doing and yeah and they don't you know they're on they're at work that's right. the other thing that yes, this sort of gets lost and even people like you and i who would know that right they're at work right now like they're working and you're really so it's like if someone showed up at your office and right. it was like i love you in whatever thing you did it, it just it it would take you the amount of time it takes you to shift gears and to realize what's happening the encounter's over yeah and the the person you've approached in question isn't gonna there's nothing you can do that's gonna make them remember you that is good for you now if right. you do something truly terrible right. and embarrassing, they right. will absolutely remember you. Uh, but it, it, it's it's a losing battle. But I think a worthwhile one, because I think you learn a lot about 
a, a, a celebrity and a, in the moment you meet them. And I'm glad to hear that Paul McCartney was good at meeting Paul people because he certainly met enough. I mean, he may have met more people than anyone else alive in that setting and the oh, sort yeah. of people coming up to him on the street kind of way. I'm glad to hear he was still gracious and happy to say hi and give yeah. you a fist bump. And no, you, uh, yeah, no, yeah. yes, you absolutely right. learn learn a lot about people that way. You sure do, and it can really teach you some things you wish you didn't, you didn't oh, know. Yeah. If you get uh, learn, I, my advice would be if you uh, if you like theater, learn what the writers look like because no one ever walks up and says hi to them, and you can have a really nice long conversation. That's true with uh, with writers uh, of shows, especially in theater, uh, because no one's going to be mobbing them after the after the true. performance and they will talk to you because no one ever comes and talks to the writer the original cast was recorded at the media production center at american university special thanks to jeffrey madison tom fish imani mular and the tireless staff of students who man the front desk follow us on twitter and like us on facebook at original cast pod you can follow me patrick flynn on twitter at unknown penguin you can email us at originalcastpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, concerns, public admissions of guilt, and or suggestions about future intermissions. Subscribe to the Original Cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please leave us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. My thanks to Evan Casey for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. I've got you to lean on. We've got you to lean on.